Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Empowered to Thrive. I'm your host, Kareen Powell, and I'm the owner of Change Radically. In this space, we'll talk all things inner wellness, and parenting will certainly come up too. Because I'm a mom to four kids, so parenting is a huge part of my life. This space is designed for safety. Your inner child is welcome. Your past self is invited to listen as well. And no matter what type of day you're having, I want you to know I'm glad to be with you. I live out of vulnerability and transparency. So come and be. Be yourself. Be messy. Invite a friend and please stay a while. Keep coming back. I want you around. Now, let's jump into today's episode. I'm excited that you're here with me and Nikki, and I'm honored that she was willing to come on the show and share with me and with all of us. Nikki is truly a support to those of us in the thick of parenting, and she brings her heart. When she comes, when she shares, she is heart invested in the conversation. And I hope that you will not just listen for yourself today, but please also share with another friend who will be able to feel supported as well because that's the goal of this. We are not ever supposed to have to do it alone. And you're not just hearing that from me today. You're also going to hear that from Nikki herself. Now let's let's get into that conversation. Nikki Odin is a lawyer and mom mentor who helps working moms battle burnout by teaching them how to own their days so they can crush their goals without the mom guilt. She is the founder of Your Ideal Mom Life, host of the Love Your Mom Life podcast, and author of, but definitely wear mascara, hacks to help you love your mom life and yourself a little more. Her work has been featured in the Boston Globe, Today Parents, Cafe Mom, Kids Spot, Authority Magazine, Fox Fives, Good Day, DC, and NBC Six. Nikki is also a happy wife and mother of two. So happy to have you with us and excited to learn from you and hear you share. So thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Kareen. I'm so excited to be here. How do we go about this? Making time for ourselves without the mom guilt. <laughs> oh, that's like the the story I think of most moms' lives, right? It's how do we how do we be who we were before we were moms without feeling guilty about it? And I think it, you know, I was I think it ties a little bit into what you say all the time, which is that you matter. Your life matters. And just because you decide to bring humans into the world and and raise them to become these amazing people who are going to in turn impact the world doesn't mean that you don't matter anymore. It doesn't mean that you have to forget about the person you you were before you became a parent. And I think the reason I'm so passionate about that message is because I did forget who I was once I had kids. I really didn't feel like I mattered anymore. And I lost myself in motherhood. And, and not on purpose, obviously it was just, I, I, it's very consuming. I mean, you know, you have four kids, you know, one of whom is still a baby and it's a lot, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work, but it's also a lot of yourself that you need to give. And it's very easy to forget who you are in that process. So 
I, I went through that and, um, my kids are 17 months apart and I was finding myself once my kids were two years old that, well, I would say when I, when I had two under two, that I wasn't really, I wasn't happy. And I had left a really great position with my law firm. I was, you know, working for a large international law firm and I had a lot of autonomy. I was making good money. I, you know, I felt important. I felt like I mattered, but I, I really also felt like it was a huge grind. I, I really wanted to do something. I was like, I'm not, I'm not happy doing this. This this doesn't arch over the horizon for me. And so I told my husband when I was pregnant with my first, I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. And he's like, okay, so quit and I'll take care of us. And I was like, what? Really? That's, that's like on the table. And he's like, yeah, but we can make it work. And so I was very gleefully like, you know, canny in my notice when she was three months old. And I really thought I'm a type A person. I'm really smart. How hard can it be to be a stay at home mom? Right. Whenever I say that to any mom, they start laughing because it's like, uh, it's the hardest thing you'll ever do by the way. And, and it's so hard to explain to people who have never done it, why it's hard, but it's hard because it's physically hard. It's emotionally taxing. And that's where I found myself when I decided to stay home with her. And then when she was nine months old, I found out I was pregnant with my son. So I was like, oh man, I, I mean, I was grateful obviously, but I was like, okay, just when I'm getting the hang of this, I got to start over. And that's when I really fell into that. Like, I, I don't know when the last time I brushed my teeth was, I can't, really tell you what my favorite food is anymore. Like I I just had completely lost myself. And so the first step for me was admitting it out loud. And I think that's part of what I encourage moms to do is just be honest with yourself and remembering that you matter. Be honest with yourself about what you want. And if, if you're not happy with where you are in your mom life and how that mixes in with what's important to you outside of being a mother, like take a look at that and really pause and and be honest. And so that was my first step. I just told my husband, I'm not happy again. And I felt really guilty about it. I felt like he was out there working so that we could have this life at home. And I was like, me, I don't like it. And I didn't know how to, how to come to him and tell him that that wasn't where, that I needed something that was mine outside of being mommy and wife. But luckily he was really supportive. And that's where I began my journey of, harmonizing who I wanted to be as a mother and who I wanted to be outside of a mother and, and how I wanted to continue to impact the world beyond my family. And now I'm really passionate about helping moms and especially working moms harmonize those two things. And because there is a competition there. And I think a lot of working moms feel guilty about their ambition because it pulls them away from their kids sometimes. And I'm here to say that you can have both and to think of life as a seesaw. Like some days are going to be work and career heavy and that's okay. And some days are going to be family heavy and that's okay. And to not put yourself in a position where you feel like it has to be perfectly balanced because it never will be. Yeah, that's good. I often have to remind myself of that. Perfect yeah, it's balance, like cannot, that's not my goal. I don't even really like that word. I think a lot of people talk about like, how do you balance? And I'm like, I don't. So I I don't balance. I harmonize. Like there are days where I am out of balance, but over the, you know, the grand scheme of things, I am living in alignment with what's important to me. Just some days are going to look like I'm really career driven. And some days are going to look like I'm really family focused and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So did you come to that realization 
pretty early on that you needed something for you? So I, I would say I was two years into my stay-at-home mom journey. I like to say now I had a stint, a two-year stint as a, as a stay-at-home mom. And then I realized, okay, I need to do something that's just for me, even if it pulls me away. And so that was a conversation again that I, I had, we had to have as a family. And I think that's important too, when you're in a, a partnership, a marriage to have those conversations together because it affects the other person and it affects how you're going to run the household. So I, I started with a home-based business. I knew I wasn't going to go back to practicing for a big international law firm like I did before, because in my mind, being the mom I wanted to be and being a, a lawyer there were, were mutually exclusive. They weren't going to work, but if, maybe if I could do something from home, that would you know, fit the bill. So I started with a social selling opportunity and I met some really amazing people, but my best friends who I, I still speak to like every day to this day, I learned a lot about personal development and, uh, and, and why I matter and why it matters for me to have goals and dreams. And through that process, I also learned what it's like to live in survival mode because I was really, I want these things in, in terms of my career and my personal development. And I wanted to be home with my kids and I was trying to balance and in trying to balance, I fell on my face a lot. And I realized like, okay, how do I, how am I like the perfect, perfect stay at home mom where I get all the laundry done and everything's clean and everyone's well fed. And we actually sit down and chew our food to eat, right? Like we're not standing over the sink, shoving things in our face because we're so busy. And, but then how do I also build this business from home? And it was, that was really eye-opening for me. And as I got a little better at it, and and I only got better at it because I was terrible at it at first and I had to figure out a different way. I realized that a lot of the people that I was coaching who are on my team were going through the same thing. And then I thought, you know what? I bet you moms everywhere who work and have these two competing things in their lives are going through this. And that's how your ideal mom life was born. I decided to leave the, the sales industry that I was in and focus on helping other moms achieve this harmony because it's, you know, we need moms and women to continue to go after their goals and dreams. The world needs you to, to shine your light. And we can't forget that we have gifts and that we're meant to share them. And just because we're raising humans doesn't mean that we have to stop doing that. And so that's where I, how I got to creating your ideal mom life and then the love your mom life podcast. And then I recently wrote a book called, but definitely wear mascara, as you mentioned earlier, which is about just prioritizing yourself in a small way, just little hacks to help you love yourself and your mom life a little bit more. And it's been such a fun ride. And I love talking to other moms about you know, how we do these things and why it's important, why, why it's important to honor the gifts that you have. And it's because at the end of the day, you matter. And the example you're setting for your kids and showing them, I know I matter. I love myself enough to take this time to put myself out there, to continue to make this impact. And I think that is one of the greatest legacies we can leave. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely important for them to be seeing us setting the example they're going to follow it whether they want to or not like you know not everybody aspires to be like their parents but we all become a little bit like our parents and fortunately and fortunately sometimes and <laughs> so us making time for ourselves is so important because so important. they're they're watching and if we don't want them to always do 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 and give 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 
we have to show them a different model. Yeah. And I think the biggest question that I get with respect to that mindset is how, how do I do that when I have four kids or two, as the case may be? I mean, I, I always tell people one is a lot. One's a lot. Yeah. Two is like all I can handle. I have just the two hands. Right. And me and my husband, we, we believe in man on man defense. You're playing zone. So I, I mean, hats off to you. Like I, we all have our gifts. Like I said, like I, that's not, that's not my, my gift, but in any, however many kids you have or whatever competing, you know, even if you're not a parent, whatever competing interests you have, the question is, how do I make that time for myself? How do I make sure that I am nurturing those, those things that I need so that I can be the best parent, I can be the best lawyer, whatever the case may be. And so I, I recommend just waking up a little bit earlier. Like that's one of my hacks. And that one, that's not code for wake up at four or 5am if that's not your thing. But like, if you're waking up at 630, maybe you wake up at 615. I mean, it's not, it's not a huge, huge change, but that 15 minutes, if it's just time for you to like make your first cup of coffee before everyone's tugging at your sleeves or anything else has to get done, or you have to answer any questions, it's going to make a huge difference. How you start your day is really important and, and really can set the tone for your attitude and how powerful you feel and the way you behave and respond to things for the rest of the day. Right. So I always say like, if you can make that time for yourself in the morning, do it. It's one of the best forms of self-care and you don't have to do something like self-care-ish, but like, even if it's, you know, like I said, drinking the coffee by yourself, or maybe it's like reading a book that you've been wanting to read, but you feel like you never have time. It's like taking those things to do like fun things or things that are just for you, taking the time to do those things is going to feed your soul in a way that spills over into everything else you do. So that's like my number one thing that I always, when people say how, I'm like, make some time for yourself before everyone gets up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I always like visualizing it as every 15 minutes, like four blocks of 15 minutes adds up to an hour. Yeah. So 15 minutes might feel manageable getting up 15 minutes earlier. And right. then you've done that four times in a week, you got an hour of reading or whatever you enjoy doing in. And yeah, that's such a great way to look. It compounds. It does. And otherwise you think what's 15 minutes? No, what's 15 minutes over time is a lot. You know, I was telling my sister-in-law the other day, cause she was saying how she doesn't have time to work out. Her kids are still pretty young. She's a registered nurse and she's, she's busy. And I was like, I have a challenge for you. If you have five minutes, like, come on, you got five. Everyone's got five. You think you don't have time to work out, but like, what if you did something really hard for five minutes to work out? Like, what if you should try to hold a plank for five minutes? That's a long time to hold a plank. Or what if you set a timer for five minutes and just do burpees for the whole five minutes? I mean, you'll be sweating like you, you would have if you had done a 30 minute workout. And then again, it compounds. And when you take that little amount of time for yourself, it feels really good. And then it, it impacts the, the rest of the decisions you're going to make. Like maybe, you know what? I will brush my hair today. Maybe I will put on a little mascara and this is not about vanity. It's about how you feel. It's about doing something to prioritize yourself in a small way to show I care about myself because I believe I matter. And I want you to understand everyone else. Like I want to reflect that out. I believe I matter. And that's going to affect the decisions you make, the way you speak to people, and the way you respond. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And mascara definitely 
um, does make a difference. Because last week I had just mascara on and one of my kids was like, are you, are you wearing makeup today? And I was like, <laughs> well, thanks. Right. <laughs> are you going to a party? You look so pretty. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But we can't underestimate the way we feel and how that impacts the way we behave. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I mean, that's really what we want to do, right? Like the human experience is to progress. And the only way to to progress and to move forward is to take action and to behave a certain way. And if so, if you're feeling stuck, I think that's, it seems like how can the two things be related, but they are, if you're feeling stuck, I'm challenging you wake up five, 10 minutes earlier. And then Kareem, like you said, once, once you're rocking that 10 minutes earlier, maybe add another five and then it's 15 and then you maybe add another five and it's 20. And, and before you know it, at the end of the week, it's more than an hour you've taken, you know, for yourself, it's starts to compound and become a habit. And then you can watch and look back and just see it's, it's not like one of those things that's overnight. It's not like, okay, my wall was white. I painted it. Now it's red, right? It's not like going to be that instant gratification, but over time it is going to make a huge difference. I promise. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes even in that first like 10 minute block, depending on how tuned in we are, like we may notice like, oh, that actually felt so settling that mm-hmm. once my kid wakes up and now I'm it's full on, oh, I feel a little bit more prepared for this. Like sometimes it's it's even the 10 minutes that you just it does something for you. Like you said, if you're if you're able to make your cup of first cup of coffee in that time, that's different than feeling like you're you're racing to try to get that cup of coffee made and you keep trying and you get something pulls you away and you never get to it. Right. You're eliminating all of that stress. Yeah. That's when we feel like a hot mess, a hot mess. Like, right. Like on those mornings where you feel like, wow, I cannot get it together. If I only had an extra 10 minutes, I would have gotten out the door on time. Like we all would know where our shoes are, whatever the the thing is. Yeah. So you're, you're setting yourself up for success. And Mm -hmm. if you start the day feeling like a hot mess, it's kind of hard to get out of that. I call it a whirlwind. It's, it sucks you in and it it's beastly because it happens in the morning, which is setting the tone for your day. So that's it. I think that is a huge one. And I also, another hack that I have that kind of goes with that is I do as much as I can the night before to set myself up in the morning. So I do now I'm like, as I said, I'm a lawyer. So I did end up going back to practicing law in a way that I want to do it. That works with my family. And I absolutely love it. And there are two days a week where I have to leave the house. And so the night before I know exactly what I'm wearing exactly what I'm wearing because otherwise I might go into this whirlwind of like everything looks bad on me and I don't I don't like this and like you know this frenzy of changing clothing and I, I eliminate any of that I pick out every when I say exactly what I'm wearing like I know what earrings I'm putting in my earlobes I know like like what I'm wearing under my clothing I know I choose everything purse everything no decisions need to be made when I have to get out the door I have coffee in the coffee maker with the cup under the spout so that I'm going to press a button and that's going to start. Like I do everything that I can to set myself up for success to make sure that I will, that nothing is going to rob me of that time that I'm going to take for myself to like get centered in the morning. I I do take time to meditate and to work out and to um, 
do a little bit of writing. And like, they, that's for me what I want to do in my morning time. It, that doesn't mean it has to be what you do, but nothing's going to rob me of that. So I, I set myself up by making sure everything is laid out the night before. And you would be surprised how effective that is. Like, it's just a hack. It's, it's a way to like, to again, be able to focus on what matters most by removing all those decisions. Decision fatigue is a real thing. Mm-hmm. And that is definitely something that we battle a lot as parents, as mothers, and I'll say especially as mothers, because a lot of people are depending on us to help them and to make sure that, you know, all the ducks are in a row. So if you have to make all of these other decisions on top of that, like, what am I going to have for breakfast? And what am I going to take for lunch? And all the, all the things it can add up. And that's why, that's why we leave the house at eight in the morning or whatever it is feeling already defeated. So I just, I, Mm -hmm. those two things come combined. So like on the the front end preparing for the night before and then on the back end the morning of making sure I have that time for myself that always sets me up to feel great throughout the day and that doesn't mean my days are perfect there's no such thing as perfect but I I am the at the best I can be right. when it, for whatever comes my way that's good that's really good because these are so these are so practical what you're suggesting is super doable it's yeah it's easy just gotta and think I, about it right and I love that though because it can be a game changer but we can mm-hmm. all do it. Mm-hmm. We can all do it. And that's what I, I'm really big about that when I'm coaching, when I'm talking on my podcast, anything that I write, it's, I want it to be something easy. It's not going to be like, okay, like that's nice. And some idealistic like Zootopia, of course we could all do that, but no, I, I want it to be real stuff. And, and for me too, like everything that I talk about is tried and true. It's something that I've done myself. Like, I don't, I don't want some complicated like system or something that's hard or something I have to talk myself into every day. It's got to be easy and practical. Cause again, like it's not, it's not just about me as much as I do matter. And as much of an impact as I am making on the world, I, I do have two humans who depend on me and I can't forget that part. So everything has to be easy and doable. Mm-hmm. When did you come to the place where you felt satisfied? You had, you were, you know, doing the mom thing, but you brought in time for yourself and ways to fuel yourself. So when did you start to feel like, all right, like this is what I needed. This feels good. I, so here's the thing about growth. I don't know that you've ever really arrived, right? You're always trying to get a little bit better and to, to push yourself a little bit more outside your comfort zone to see what works. But I would say, obviously, as I was making these changes, my kids were also getting older and getting bigger. So, I mean, they're only, I, I heard I was doing a workout online the other day and the person said, you are as young as you're ever going to be right now. And I was like, wow, that's really motivating. So, right. So like the same thing, like our kids are as young as they're ever going to be right now. Tomorrow, they're going to be a little bit older. And as I was making these changes, falling on my face and saying, well, that's in work, let's try this. They were also getting bigger. And so of course that helps right now it helps tremendously that I don't have to actually dress them because they're big enough to dress themselves. I don't even have to make them breakfast because they know how to do all those things. So as, as I was making these changes, it was also getting easier with them. But I would say that I started to really feel like, okay, like I'm in a groove. This is working probably after a few months of, of really trying to, to do it. And, and, they say it takes about like 66 days to to create a, a habit, like to truly form a habit on, on average. So I would say it was probably in that area. I say most things are going to take 90 days to really stick and to work. 
But after that amount of time of being really consistent with it, it really started to click. And not just for me, but for everyone in my household, because it's like, okay, mom's doing this. Mom is like, even if they wake up and like, I am doing my workout or whatever. Now they know like that that's mom's time. Now, the other component of this is that my husband is on board with it. So we made a deal again, like I wasn't going to be like, privately by myself saying, this is all going to happen in the morning and not tell anyone else about it. Right. So he's on board with helping me if they need something in the morning. And then our exchanges at night when he wants to be on the couch, like having a drink and watching TV or doing whatever he wants to do, I am handling bedtime. So we have that partnership and that trade-off. And that, that was another thing that is, that really helped. Like, again, it's the communication and making sure that you do this as a team, because frankly, it shouldn't all be on one parent. It really, I mean, unless you're a single parent, which is a totally different story. It it really, it it should be a team effort. And, and I, and I have interviewed a, a few, quite a few very, very successful moms, um, successful single moms. And, and they said, they do say the same thing. Like you've got to like carve out that time for yourself and talk to your kid about it. Like, okay, mommy's going to be doing this. And I would really appreciate this is mommy's quiet time. That's what, I, that's what I call it too. It's my quiet time. Cause that's something they can relate to from school mm-hmm. and mommy's going to be doing this. And if you need anything, can you, you just have to kind of wait, obviously this doesn't work with a little, little, little kid. Like, right. but it's, it's also showing them this is how I, this is how mommy like appreciates herself and mommy loves herself. And they learn themselves. Like I can take time for myself, you know, when I'm a grown up or when I have kids, like I want them to remember these things and to implement them with their own kids and their own family. So it's not just about me. It's about me showing them how it works. And so like, it takes a little bit of time to get everybody used to it, but if you stick with it and you guys communicate and you, you operate as a team, it's absolutely a game changer. I'm interrupting the episode to let you know that I've recently paired the Change Radically workbooks with complimentary videos that expound on each topic. I teach from my heart and from my experiences. This is an easy way to go deeper on your own healing journey, and you can do it in a way and at a time that's convenient for you. For a limited time, all of these newly released products are on sale. Pick up any one package or grab all nine of them today. Go to changeradically.com shop or check the link in the show notes. Now, back to today's episode. Hmm. I'm just thinking about the way this splinters off, you know, there's just this, it's a lot, there's a lot of facets to it. It's great. Yeah. And I think, you know, when we talk about going after goals and dreams, there is a lot to it. There's a lot that, I mean, there's the mindset part. There's this, you know, there the million books you can read about, you know, visualizing your goals and like how you, you go after something and, and how to, to get started. But then there's also like the practical stuff, like the stuff that, that is most likely to derail you. And it's things like, okay, I have this whole day plan and I'm going to do all these productive things and get started. But then we can't get out the door because someone can't find their shoes, right? Like those things that could be avoided maybe the night before when if everyone's laying out their clothes and everyone has their lunch boxes ready to go, not just me, but everybody. So it it I I really love to dive into like that part of it because I I know as someone who has read all these books and had made all these plans and done all the the visualizing and all the all the things, 
all the mental work that it's, it's not really that stuff that was getting in my way. It was the practical day to day. Like I can't even get out the door cause I can't find my car keys kind of thing. Right. Yeah. This is good. Everybody listening. I mean, I just love it. They can take something and run with it, which is always, always my hope. Yes. Mine too. And I, I think, you know, for those of you who maybe have that, the practical side down and you are looking for ways to like, well, how do I like crush a huge giant goal, especially when I'm a mom and I have all these other things to do. I always tell everyone start really small. It's just like, it's the same thing with like waking up early. Like if we start with five, 10, 15 minutes earlier, same thing with any big goal, start, start really, really small. And even if you don't have kids, that's a great way to start because when we start too big, we can't sustain it. And then we get overwhelmed and we quit, which is why most new year's resolutions are abandoned within the third week of January. It's because people start too big. Like you want to lose a hundred pounds. Great. That's great. So you're going to start with something maybe as small as like making sure you have your gym clothes on at a certain time of the day. That's it. It's not like, Oh, I'm going to like empty out my whole pantry and we're going to do all this stuff. And that might be too much, right? It might be too much at the beginning and you work your way up to that, but you've got to start small. And that's, and that works beautifully too, when you have kids, because sometimes that's all you can do is start small, like starting this podcast, right? Like you, you had to like take a few baby steps before it actually was born. I know that's what I had to do. And then eventually I had a podcast, like I took like one baby step and then the next step reveals itself. And then the next step reveals itself. And maybe the next step after you, you take the third step is like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. You should do this. But I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't taken that third step. So I I love coaching people through like that part of how to achieve goals by taking just like little tiny, tiny little steps. I'm doing that. I do that to myself actually right now, because I'm working on a second book and working on, you know, sending it out to literary agents and and publishers. And like, it, it feels so overwhelming and so big that I almost don't want to do it. But then I have to tell myself like, no, the next step, the very next step is just to, we're just going to print it out. We're going to print it out and send it to a few friends who are going to read it. Right. I'm not going to get mired down in like the hugeness of it. I'm just going to take the next tiny step, which is to print it. I can print it. Right. But that's not hard. Right. Um, and then before I know it, I know I'm going to be, you know, down the path. But it, it, it's it's such a great thing to remember, like tiny, tiny baby steps. Right. And then you can feel accomplished and good about doing that one tiny step too. Mm-hmm. Necessary. You know, if you have this goal of 100 pounds, I'm thinking, gosh, like, all right, then focus on the first 10 or the first five, because it's mm-hmm. like, whoa. Or the book, same thing. Right. Like, I hear you. Like that's so. Yeah, making it achievable, small, and then going from there. Yeah, make the wins small. Like having a bunch of small wins is how you get the big win. Mm-hmm. You don't just like like again. It's not like the instant gratification of like A to Z. You have to go to B for, before you get to Z. And going from A to B is, is, is a win. And it might be like a a little thing, but let me tell you, as I'm printing out the manuscript, cause I'm, I'm kind of like reviewing every chapter and, and rereading it. Once I have it fully printed out, 
that's a win for me. I know people are like, you hit print on your computer and just it's spit out of the printer. Big deal. No, it's, it is a big deal to me. And then when I go to Kinko's and I have it bound, and then when I go to the post office and I send it out to my beta readers, those are little small wins that I'm going to celebrate. And, and I encourage you guys to do that too. Like celebrate the small wins because the small wins are what get you to the big win. You can't skip that part. Right. Yes. Yes. So good. Before you wrap up, is there anything else that you wanted to, to share? And we're definitely, I'm definitely going to link where everyone can pick up your book and find you, but you can also share that if you'd like where they could, where's the best place for them to find you. I would say the best place to find me is on Instagram. My handle is Nikki Odin and you can link that in the show notes, but it's N-I-K-K-I-O-D-E-N. And I personally manage that account. So I see every single like comment and DM. So if you get a response or, you know, like a comment back, that's me. It's not my assistant. And of course, I would love it if you would tune into the podcast, which is available anywhere you listen to podcasts. So Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google, and you can find the book anywhere books are sold, but probably Amazon's the easiest, but it's at Barnes and Noble as well. Okay. And just remind us of your title of your podcast and title of your book. Yes. The, my podcast is Love Your Mom Life. And the book is, but definitely wear mascara. I like that title. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks again for sharing with us and being here. We definitely appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me, Karina. It was a pleasure. If you've been enjoying or intrigued by what you're hearing today, here's a few past episodes I've recorded that you can take a listen to, and that will expound on some of the topic within today's episode. From Season 3, Episode 23, Transform Motherhood with Mariah Castillo. From Season 5, Episode 8, Common Human Experiences. And from Season 4, Episode 6, Another Way Codependency Shows Up. And all of these episodes are also linked in the show notes. Here we are. We've come to the end of another episode. Sit back and reflect on what you heard. What's the one thing that resonates with you that you can take away and do something with? Let's not just listen. Let's listen and take action. Now, action may look very different for us, but it's doing something with what we hear. I hope that you'll share today's episode with a friend that you think would also enjoy it. And please come back next week. I hope that you have a fabulous week. And that you remember when you pillow your head at night, when you're going through your days, that who you are is good. And I'm glad that you're alive.